Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Extra Rounds podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Dice, with my co-host, Elias. And we have a show of two Reyes today. We yeah. have uh, striking coach Angelo Reyes calling in 15 minutes, uh, 12, I guess 12 minutes roughly now, uh, to talk about Frank Mears, heavyweight Bellator Grand Prix fight against Fedor. And then uh, at 2.30 after the hour, we have Dominic Reyes calling in to talk about his big win at UFC 218 at the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit this past weekend. But uh, before we, we get into those phone calls and interviews and talk about the things going on for those gentlemen, let's talk a little bit about UFC 218 uh, and recap it. Best, you were there. Best card of the year. Yeah, and you got to be there. Do you think so? Jose Young. It's out there. It, like in terms of performance, it was freaking awesome. We've had a lot of great cards. But it's hard. I mean, listen – you can easily make an argument for that one. It was phenomenal. Yeah, I, it was uh, hard for me to think of another time when there's been three fight of the night contenders, or at least recently, three fight of the night contenders all on the same card. And while we're uh, waiting for these phone calls, if you have a question or a comment, feel free to chime in on the Facebook chat and let us know and we'll uh, answer your question or read your comment on air. Um, so get involved down there. But Yancey Madero's his win, gutsy. Eddie Alvarez, incredible win. The third fight of the night I had is Holloway Aldo. Um, you know, I think a lot of people kind of go back and forth with that. People who say that Holloway dominated, but it had that back and forth. And yeah, the, the Gilbert Melendez, Diego Sanchez just punching each other. There's a great photo from the fight where they're just, they're like, they're both punching each other. And like, you can see their eyes are closed and their faces are turned away. It was like the Rocky three shot. Yeah, that's um, remarkable. Which out of those three fights was your favorite? Tough to choose. Um, Maybe the uh, maybe Yancey's fight, the Madero. Yeah, I mean, but it's yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like I don't know. It's it's like choosing them uh, between things you, you like equally, equally. I mean, it's hard for me to have to like viscerally enjoy Jose Aldo getting stopped, no matter how great of a fight it was, because it's just tough <laughs> tough to watch. I've always enjoyed watching him fight. As happy as I am for Max Holloway. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, similarly to the Alvarez and Gagey fight. It's like, geez, that was a fight we thought it could be, and it's amazing. Uh, but, man, yeah, you see Gagey is, like, the oldest man in his 20s in, in, in the world right now, and it's it's tough to see him, like, go down timber style again. But, uh, yeah, no, it was – it was tough. How about you? I mean, I watched. I watched on television live. Which one? Which one got you? Uh, which one got the arena or got the the room buzzing the most? Oh man, um, Holloway Alvarez. Just because I think people make it more of an emphasis to be there for that one, so there's just more people in the arena, which always I think has an impact. And you have the you know the lights dim for the entrance. Yeah. It's got the main yeah. event, the title, and implication. Um, and, and Yancey was there, the Madero's fight that was on the. Uh, the prelims mm. so that was a little um, good point maybe yeah. slept on too but i mean the eddie alvarez justin gaethje was still a fan favorite people were buzzing about that fight and yeah. it was just as brutally violent as uh, everyone had kind of anticipated yeah. it to be um so i mean there was no no wrong decision but you mentioned max holloway and you were talking about his fight against jose aldo after the fight joe rogan said uh, he's on his way to establishing or he's established himself by beating Jose Aldo twice as the greatest featherweight of all time. Mm. Do you agree or disagree? You know, it's a, you know, there's, it's a completely subjective thing. I, I, I see where Joe's coming from. If you beat the best, most accomplished featherweight of all time, um, then you are the best, I guess. Like there's, there's a logic to that. There's a consistency to it. A lineal, the lineal greatest of all time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's weird because cause he isn't, because he hasn't beaten McGregor. Right. So McGregor beat Aldo, but no one's beaten him since. You know, I'm not saying that, like, 
everyone should wait for McGregor, but he still has like the lineal, the lineal title, right? Like technically, but yeah, it's a weird. It, it's I mean, I can see where he's going for coming from with that. Um, he still hasn't put together like he's beaten. He's beaten the guy just like McGregor did, except he did just done it twice, right? Um, but he hasn't like he hasn't yet put the uh, put. The, the streak together that Aldo did. He hasn't yet gone years and years and years and years without losing um, as champion as Aldo did. So in terms of accomplishments, he certainly has more to go, I think, to reach Aldo's record. And that's not like a slight against Holloway. He's just started as champion. It seems like he could get there if he can stay healthy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I see the logic to it. I wouldn't say so, but I, I wouldn't agree with it. But I see what Joe's – I think I would just look at it differently. I would use like a different uh, – um, barometer, yeah, a different barometer than Joe's using, but I see the logic in what he's saying. And in all fair, you've got to find some way of giving credit to the guy who's now beaten twice decisively the, the best ever, and he's trying to do that. So I see where he's coming from with that. But you also don't need to rush that narrative with Max Holloway. <laughs> he's what 25, 26, or you guess just turned now, 27? Right? So, yeah, he's young. His yeah. birthday was just Monday. You don't, but they rush. Every narrative. Right. Like, it's this guy's era. Now it's that guy's era. It's the Machida era. And it's this, like, all right, that's fine. We get excited. To be fair, too. Max pushes the Max era himself. <laughs> he does. That's so true. Nobody needs to push that's the true. Max era for himself. As he was walking out, uh, f- funny video story. I had my phone out as, like, because they walk, when they were leaving the cage, they walk right by Media Row. And I had my phone out and I was recording. And Max, like, looked right into it and gave me a, uh, I told you it's the Max era. And then he left, and then I realized I never pushed record. Oh, that's so, horrible. Yeah. That's but I think uh, Jose got a similar video <laughs> nice. on the other end of Press Row, so all that's, wasn't lost. That's awesome. But. No, he's great. He, he could end up being the best. I mean, I, I think he, he could be Conor McGregor. I think McGregor had to out-wrestle him to beat him the first time. Like, he was kind of, like it's, he's a great fighter. What people don't remember about that fight, one, or people will say that mm. Al, uh, McGregor had the torn ACL. Yeah, he did. And yeah, it's like, sure. and he still beat Holloway. Sure, but sure. Holloway also took that fight on short notice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very good point. Uh, I think it averaged out. It'd be a very so. interesting fight to see again. Somebody was posting uh, on Twitter the the photo of them staring down at the weigh-ins and being like, "Could you imagine if this photo was taken today, uh, or you know, like this week?" Or it'd be great. You know, it'd be a super. It'd be a super fight. Holloway has managed to build himself up uh, with a huge streak since that loss to the point where people are excited again about him. You know, fighting Conor McGregor. I, I don't. I doubt it'll ever happen. For a lot of reasons, but um, but it, it would it would be amazing. They both improved, and they've both taken a lot of damage since that time. So it'd be very interesting, very interesting. Now we had a little discussion, Jose Young's uh, fan sided writer uh, on the way back from Detroit about th- if I we were talking about who would be uh, the next person up if Frankie Edgar wasn't ready to go. It seems like the safe assumption that Frankie Edgar is going to get the next fight against Max Holloway. He was supposed to fight him at UFC 218 yeah. before he got injured and Jose Aldo took the fight on short notice. So if if he isn't ready to go, you have Cub Swanson and Brian Ortega fighting uh, this weekend. Yeah. And those are two top ranked featherweights. Which one of those guys would you give the edge to? You know, if, if, they weren't fighting this weekend. Yeah, would you give not, it to Swanson right now, or would you give it to Ortega? They're fighting. They're fighting each other, right? Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, I got you. Um, so that'll it'll settle itself. Yeah. yeah like, otherwise, yeah, that's tough. Um, great question. That would be really tough. I mean, it'd be it would be it'd be a pick 'em. I would I, ideally what I would do is give one the shot, and the other knows that they have the winner of that fight afterwards. That's what I would do. Tough to choose between them. Um, Fortunately, they'll fight, and it'll yeah, yeah. No, out. that's a heck of a fight. Yeah, I mean, I. I think, you know, give it to Cubs has has a resurgence and, you know, who knows how much I'm not trying to be, uh, uh, you know, disrespectful, but 
who knows how much longer he'll have. Like if he's if he's put himself in a position where he could argue for it, give him give it to him sooner because uh, Ortega's younger. And um, but um, but yeah, no, that was a tough one. I'm glad I'm glad they'll get to settle it amongst each other, and that's gonna be a really interesting fight. I think it, it, the fight could look any number of different ways. I don't think Brian Ortega wants to strike with Cub Swanson. He's improving, but like you know, Clay, like it's it's a weird thing. He has a home run shot. Like when he fought Clay Guida and uh, at U one ninety nine, Clay um, out kickboxed him for all but like the la all but like the last two minutes of the fight, and then got stung with the knee. Um, so I think you know Brian Brian could keep it on the ground on his terms and not kickbox too much with Cub because Cub Cub is just like nasty sometimes when he gets on a roll with his hands and stuff so i don't know it'd be tough how about you if you had to choose and now cubs doing all that scientific like training with yeah. tj dillashaw out in california yeah. where they're like riding the bikes and they got all the stuff strapped to him looks like he's training metrics. smart i guess you know yeah. he got, he's trying to preserve his body good for him you know he's awesome i, I remember a couple of a year and a half ago he didn't even know if he was gonna fight again he was heavy like he's, he's giving it a go and you asked my opinion yeah i would I, go cub swanson just yeah. because i feel like he he's I don't want to say do it, or but you know he's a guy who's yeah. been around a long time. He deserves it. Ortega's kind of a younger guy. Yeah, I, um, agree. I agree. But the other thing, I believe, if I remember correctly, Felice Herrig backstage said that she uh, she felt like the winner. You know, when she was trying to assert herself in the the title discussion, where people were asking about it, because I think she's on like a five fight win streak yeah. or something now. I think she said that she felt like the winner of the Michelle Waterson Tisha Torres fight would deserve the shot before her. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, then you have the discussion about the Yuana rematch. Do you? run back that you want to rematch because she was a dominant champion even though she lost quickly and decisively or do you think Torres gets that shot since she beat Watterson yeah I mean not to say that Joanna doesn't deserve a rematch sure she does I wouldn't do it there was nothing controversial about her first loss I, I think it's unfair to make someone who was a huge underdog who just you know upset the champion say okay now do it again real quick like I mean look I, all right I guess when does that end like do we do that with everyone you have to win Two, the you know two straight against someone I would I would say I would give it to the I would give it to um, I, I agree with uh, with what Felice was saying I think basically you know those two ahead of her or at the you know one of them and then um, with the winner there and then and then her I mean she's really she's really talking about career resurgence as Felice was recently talking about and she I think she's truthful like she doesn't know how much longer she'll have just because she's such a freaking war veteran in the combat sports and she's taking a lot of damage but she's put on a you know put together a huge role uh, a huge role I, I would use i would i would give yoana you know contenders and uh other than them and let her get into a groove uh if she wants to continue to campaign on 115 and i would give a couple other people shots before and establish some new names and some new rivalries that would be me personally again it's not that yoana doesn't deserve it it's just I, I think I think she should. she's gotten she's gotten her chances. She's won decisions in close fights. Like, or she'll be back. I don't think you need to run it back immediately. Or if you're Joanna, are you thinking Nico Montagna's the uh, strawweight champion? That's uh, yeah, looks like a very winnable fight. <laughs> well, I think yeah, I think Joanna, I think I think Joanna and Valentina I don't know. need to fight at 125 for that title one day if they ever get if if Nico ever. Uh, I mean, Valentina loses. very well could come down and be that girl's first title defense, yeah. or that woman's first title defense. No, I think so. And, uh, I'm sure you want to. I think you're right. I'm sure you want to would want to beat any fight anyone at 125. I mean, she probably got a lure, chip on her shoulder for 115. There's the allure of being the first woman to win a title yeah. in two weight classes. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, yeah, I'm sure she wants it, but I'm sure she wants revenge first. Right. But maybe she wants to go up there as champion. I don't know. I'm sure she wants it, but I guess she's been doing her weight cuts so well. She looks less 
like you know gaunt and stuff than she uh than she used to in weigh-in days so maybe she's handling better but yeah i think i think this, your point stands both divisions should be there for her to, to challenge for the title yeah it'll be interesting to see what uh what her next move is yeah. and uh you know back to Felice Herrick i mean sh- what she's done since the page fans ant loss has just been incredible the yeah. turnaround um that she's made and going on this win streak uh, you know it's just it's really been impressive and um, she was very adamant to say that, like, people who've seen her fight before, this isn't – you could see something was wrong with me during that Van Zandt fight, and it wasn't the normal Felice. And uh, you've been seeing the normal Felice since then, and, which is interesting. Like, if she – you know, the, her career could have been completely different if it weren't for that one night. Right. So, uh, yeah, it'll be – it's interesting goal. to see her work her way back up into into the mix. They should utilize her. The fact, I mean, she's winning, and she's – marketable and she's engaging with people like they need to give her you know continue to give her big fights and and i would say she needs to be considered for a title shot soon like why not why not make use of a uh you know an engaging ass kicker like that someone in a role like that well let's see we can you try give angelo a call i hear i can get him on cool he said he's standing by Hey, Coach. He's playing coy. Coach, you there? Oh, maybe we'll have the audio on. It says call fail. Hmm, we'll try it again. Probably just reception. There's always something. <laughs> the people who listen to the audio uh, only version of this don't get to witness everything that goes on. For the, like the people who are watching on the Facebook stream, they get to see us fumble around yeah, and try and get this yeah, problem sure sorted out. So it. the people listening are probably wondering what's happening. <laughs> Your call. Well, he's weird. I just got a text from him saying, okay. He said he's standing by. I said, Mike's calling. And he said, okay. <laughs> Coach. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna bust to his, bust his chops a little bit here. It's all right. We'll get him. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with Angelo Reyes, he's uh, most, I guess, known for being Frank Mears, uh, striking coach. He also works with uh, Ana Hulatin, a uh, boxing champion, and she just made her debut in Bellator a few weeks ago. Uh, maybe... A month or so ago. Yeah. Oh, a, here we go. He's a shy guy. Coach. There. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we can yeah. hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can. I, I, there's a little. Uh, it it feels far, but I, I figure maybe I'm like on a speaker or something. Oh, that's sorry. weird. Yeah, sorry about that. Well, we thought we we just tried you a minute ago. We thought you had gotten shy. We know you don't like doing interviews very much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, you know what, though? I was going to ask you guys. So when, when we get there to Chicago, yeah. is the studio kind of close to uh, where, where, where Frank's going to fight? Or Nothing is, is close to this black hole that they're holding this event in in Rosemont. It's, it's like out in the burbs. Uh, so we're, the, the, we're like by Wrigley. I mean, it's probably a 30, 45-minute yeah. drive, uh, depending on traffic. But um, Well, if, if we're there uh, two weeks out, I know Frank usually likes to go to – wherever uh, we're doing the fight early, then um, I definitely want to go in studio because those oh, couches yeah. look pretty comfortable, man. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of you. I feel like they're too deep, so I sit in a weird posture, and then <laughs> I always look weird on camera the way like I sit in this chair. Like I'm not tall like Elias, where it's more natural. So, <laughs> yeah, we we definitely have I get self conscious. I can't watch the feed my, of myself. No, you look handsome as ever, Mike. Any chair, no chair can can take away from that, Mike. <laughs> I know uh, Jose Youngs was saying that the show uh, looks less handsome this today. Than, I, w- I would than agree. That. I would yeah. agree, Jose. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> yeah, man. If you guys get out here, we, we, so we, uh, you know, you, I know la- the other week, Coach, you and I were talking about offline, like, you know, the possibility if you guys get out to town for this fight. And, of course, we're talking about, like Mike said, the Bellator Grand Prix, uh, heavyweight Grand Prix. Frank Rear is going to be fighting uh, Fedor Malenenko. We want to talk about that. If you guys got to get out here earlier, for sure we'll have you in studio. For sure. You know, uh, we'll have you over to the gym, all that type of good stuff, man. So, yeah, you get here early. You can sit in these big, comfy chairs. Uh, we'll, we'll get one just for you, man. Absolutely. You guys might have to get a really big one for Frank. I don't know if he'll... <laughs> we have a couch. We have a, we have a full couch. Okay. okay, that'll work. That'll work. Yeah, we can, uh, you know, really uh, get everybody in on the show. We can have the chairs, the couch, make it a, make it a huge special. So Yeah, that could be cool. So... Uh, this fight in Chicago, did they, uh, when they were booking it, do they just kind of like, this is where you're going? Is it just lucky for us that it's going to happen to be in Chicago? Um, you know, when I got the call, I was in a, a friend called me in California. Uh, he told me, he said, Hey, so it's going to be in Chicago. And I said, awesome. That, that, you know, that's great. I figured it, it might've been in, in Chicago just because, um, isn't there like a big, russian population possibly over there or there's a ton of fedor fans i mean there's a ton of fedor fans <laughs> everywhere in the world um frank mir obviously is sort of like the uh, oscar de la hoya of of mma in the sense that you know everywhere you go man when you say the name frank mir i mean you have to have not been watching mma to not know who frank mir is you know what i mean so um i think going into the grand prix in chicago is a I think it's a great location, um, you know, right, right there. And everybody's definitely paying attention to it. I think the timing for it is perfect because it's April. Um, so, uh, no, we're excited, man. And, and Frank actually, like, he told me about the Fedor thing way before it was even announced. Um, I think he mentioned it on one of his interviews where he said they were just waiting for the other people to sign in for the Grand Prix. But it was pretty much determined right off the bat that uh, – when uh, Frank got signed to Bellator, that Fedor is who we were looking at. So, um, so no, man. It's, it's, I mean, Frank's been excited, guys, for for a while, you know. And and this is this, again, like like I told you guys, um, you know, Frank being excited makes him very dangerous. And um, the Fedor fight is a legacy fight. So, what I could definitely promise everybody who's going to be watching it, whether it's on uh, the free Paramount Network or if it's a pay per view, I'm not sure which one's going to be yet. Um, you guys are not going to want to miss that fight. That that's going to be exciting. I uh, I really believe that Fedor is going to come and train at his very best because of what it means. And um, I think Frank is going to show you guys uh, Frank Mir that uh, you'll be excited about because <laughs> because uh, he knows what it means too. So you know I I'm going to be sitting on the sidelines going, damn, this is going to be a good fight. Is Let's it- get it started. <laughs> Is Frank Mir afraid of heights? Because last time Bellator came to town, they made uh, Rampage and uh, King Mo walk out under the glass box at Willis Tower, like a hundred oh. stories up with a glass floor. Oh, Either one of man. them wanted to do it. 
Oh my God, guys! That you know what I did that once, and um, it is scary. And if you put Fedor and Frank in the same glass uh, thing, I, I don't know, man. I, I I'm sure they would kind of be scared because it might fall. I don't I don't know, dude. I don't I don't know if we're doing that. I love to ask. Them. I don't know. I don't know. I wanna so I, I feel and this is not to be inflammatory or disrespectful to, to Fedor or anything like that. I feel if the fight is on the ground for any period of time, uh Frank Mir's got the size and, and the real skill advantage there and I I think he could I think he could win by submission. Frank Mir has a really gr- I mean uh, Fedor has a really great f- quick full guard arm bar and stuff in his prime, but other than that, he's I think he's susceptible to being dominated on the ground by someone like Frank Mir, even even off his back. But on the feet, I think it's an interesting fight at the feet. You know, for one, we don't know where each guy is in terms of their their career right now, in terms of their quickness. At 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 their best, though, um, they both. Uh, you know, Frank Mir is known for his grappling, but he's shown some some real skill on his feet as well at his best. Fedor, I guess. I mean, he he's mostly with his hands, right, Coach? Like, and he's had even though he would typically throw really really wide shots. He had a lot of accuracy, and he had a lot of speed at his best. He would throw, um, he would throw from weird angles and, and with a lot of volume. When you look at the striking matchup, these two guys starting on their feet, Frank Mir versus Fedor Melianenko, what do you see when you see these guys? Assuming both will be pretty sharp, pretty close to their best, how, how do you how do you view the striking uh, uh, matchup? Yeah, no, it's um, I mean definitely, man. If you're an odds maker, you're gonna have to make that uh, a fifty fifty. Uh, fight you know um fedor's got a style of his own you know uh if he catches you like he caught mitrion he will definitely drop you um and there's sort of a method to the way he he does his his striking you have to you guys have to remember he's he's short like tyson you know um and this is mma and i always preach that doing you know, using your hands and using your feet for striking in MMA is different than if you're just going to a karate tournament or a taekwondo tournament, or if you're doing straight boxing, it's very different. I mean, you know, uh, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but you guys already saw what that looks like, <laughs> you know, uh, when, uh, when somebody who doesn't understand boxing goes into boxing. So but, but because both of them have been in mixed martial arts for so long, I believe they both understand that in striking and um yeah i know when i watch it you know i've definitely talked to frank about we're not sleeping on on fedor and anyone who who goes out there says well this person shot or that person shot they just don't really understand you know fighting as well because um miguel cotto for example who just retired well he beat sergio martinez and at the time sergio martinez was a a huge favorite right you know so um you know and and was he shot after he lost to margarito or did he just kind of need the fights that excited him um you know so this this is one of those ones where i get it fedor just got stopped by mitrione but then again you guys saw a double knockdown so that could have went the other way um we haven't seen frank in, in a couple of years and and for me you know just as as the coach i'm excited because uh it's not like frank didn't hasn't done anything (laughs) you know we've been training we've been we've been in the gym we've been playing martial arts we've been we've been really kind of uh you know touching base back on on a lot of the things that he had learned from his dad and a lot of the new uh martial arts stuff that uh you know we, we we've been playing around with and 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 i 
you know, again, there's if 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 an arsenal all of a sudden shows up on that day, and it's something you guys hadn't seen Frank Mir do maybe ever or or maybe in a long time, it's not because he couldn't do it. It's it's just because you know it, it takes time. It, it it takes time to to practice it over and over uh, again. Um, I was just in San Jose with um, uh, an old friend of mine, Coach Javier Mendez. Um, and we were talking about Kane Velasquez, and he was telling me when Kane threw that spin kick on Travis Brown, you know, everybody was expecting, oh, well, you know, why wasn't he doing that before? But Coach was telling me that um, it's something that they had to practice over and over and over again, and it took months for him to finally, you know, use it in a fight. So I kind of feel like going into this fight in April, there's stuff that we've been practicing with Frank, and um, – if any one of them show up, I definitely think it can knock Fedor out. Um, at the same time, what makes Fedor dangerous is the way Fedor strikes. If he catches you at any time, he can knock you out too. So, um, so yeah, no. If it ends up on the ground, great. I agree with you. Um, I mean, I, I don't. You know, again, anything can. I, I would think that Fedor taking this fight so seriously, he's going to line himself up with the very. Um, grapplers so that his grappling timing will be there. Um, and I think, isn't Fedor like the minister of uh, combat sports for Russia? So I don't think he's going to lack any partners to want to win this fight. Um, and I think Fedor's looking at the bigger picture too. I, I think that, you know, I know he's kind of a subtle, calm guy, but uh, when he's talking, he doesn't like to brag much. But I'm pretty sure he wants to win the whole thing and he wants to be able to say, He's the the Bellator heavyweight champion, um, and I know a lot of people would love to see that too. So, um, so yeah, no man, it's it's uh, it'll be interesting. But I definitely think I do I, I do agree with you um, that uh, somebody's going to hit someone in that could end up in a knockout uh, if it just goes to pure striking. Yeah, uh, real quick, we've got about sixty seconds left. I want to give you a chance. I know we were chatting. Uh, bef- last time you were on about Anna Hulaton, she just made her Bellator debut, lost a controversial decision. I'd been, we've been hearing that her management is working on uh, something big, uh, uh, you know, at least a fight that we've talked about before. Any news in that front? Any anything you guys are are, are, are shooting for or hoping to get in the near future? Yeah, I know you guys should get uh, some news pretty soon on that. Um, I, I'll tell you guys. I mean, you know, we've been we've been vocal about the fact that. Um, Anna has never said no to any of those type of fights. And in fact, that was the fight that uh, she wanted to do back in October. Um, so uh, I believe Scott Coker even even addressed it in, in October. Heather that, Hardy? Uh, that, yeah, the Heather Hardy uh, Anna fight. Um, I know, I think uh, Heather just put out uh, on Instagram or something that uh, Fight News is coming up. And then I think Anna just did one today. So... I mean, if, you know, I, I, you know, I, uh, I don't have, I don't have a contract in my <laughs> hand and I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten a call. Like, you know, I, you know, you, you guys know how I am. If, if they told me, Hey, it's for sure. I'd tell you, but, um, what I do know is that, uh, Lou DeBella not in the way of it. And Alan Tremblay, who's on his boxing promoters, not in the way of it. And, um, on his managers, uh, and Brett Raymer and Russell Collins, uh, they've been the one asking, uh, to do that fight or just to move forward. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I kind of want to hear from Mike and, and, and you, like, 
do you guys want to see that fight? You know, for, for me as a coach, I don't care who Ana fights just because I want to see Ana's greatest potential. I think that um, it was f- as fun as it was to see Ana really show everyone on her last fight, hey, look, I'm not just a boxer. Look at my kicking skills. You know, look at some of my jujitsu skills. You know, I've, I've really worked on my mixed martial arts. I'm not a boxer anymore going into MMA. I'm a mixed martial artist. Um, would you guys want to see a fight like that? Do you do you like the matchup against other? What do you think? Yeah, I don't. I don't really care who she fights next. To be honest, I think it'd be a good matchup. It'd be fun. It's a fair one. Uh, if there's tension, I'd, I'd be happy to see it. But yeah, I'm, I thought she fought well. I'd be happy to see anyone really. I think uh, for me, I want to see the fight just because I like when there's a little bit more of a storyline, and that fight has that storyline. Um, but uh, you know, like you said, the way that the last fight ended, I just want to see her get back in there and yeah. get, get the win. So for sure. And well, so we're gonna we're gonna, keep, we're gonna keep our ears we're gonna keep our, our ears perked and our and our eyes peeled. We pro- we we do have our next guest coming in, so we're probably gotta let you go now, coach. But as soon as that news comes in, you know we're gonna be bugging you and Anna both to come back on the show again. So we hope to have you on again real soon. And in yeah, no, for in sure, Chicago guys. Thank in you. April. Yeah, and, and in yeah, April yeah. too. And hopefully, I see you guys. If, if any one of you or both of you are coming for December thirtieth, I hope to see you guys down here in Vegas. Thanks, thanks, coach. Always a pleasure to have you on, man. We'll we'll be in touch. Thank you, sir. Cool. Thank you, guys. Take care. And you can follow uh, Angelo at Reyes Striking on uh, Twitter. For those of you who are on Twitter, I know we're streaming on Facebook, and uh, the Facebook overlords are probably hearing that, and they're upset with us. But <laughs> uh, let's keep it moving. We have uh, Dominic Reyes, who just fought this weekend, uh, scheduled to call in. Let me get him on the line. We had Jose, Jose and Jose last week. Now we got Reyes and Reyes this week. We're doubling up. You say it better than I do. It's a, <laughs> it's a fun it's a fun thing we got going on in back-to-back <laughs> weeks. I don't know how so we could do it next easily week. we could keep it going. It could be difficult. Yeah. Um, you know. Hello. Hey, Dom, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to join us and talk about your uh, big win this past weekend. <laughs> no problem. So you're, uh, you're primarily known for uh, striking, I would say. Most of your wins, at least as of late, have come via uh, a TKO or KO. Uh, how kind of surprised were you that you uh, pulled off the rear naked choke for the submission win? Uh, I wasn't surprised that um, I was able to pull it off because, you know, I train it every day. And I'm actually, a re- my base is wrestling. So it's kind of funny that I'm known as a striker. But um, it, once I got into the, onto the ground, it was, you know, normal back to work. I was surprised he shot, though. That was very mm-hmm. surprising. Maybe he didn't know your background as a wrestler either. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But, you know, there's guys like Justin Gaethje or Chuck Liddell. Like, they use their wrestling to try and keep things standing, right. like, even though their background's standing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, well, uh, I want to jump in. This is Elias, Dominic. And, again, I, I wasn't at the fight uh, alive like Mike was, but watched it. Very impressive. But reading some of the interviews and your comments afterwards, has – I'm curious, has anything surprised you? You did, what, is this your second win in the UFC, right? Yeah. Uh, has anything surprised you so far about the competition? I mean, I know you, I'm sure you're not surprised by your success. You've done well. You're still undefeated as a, as a pro and I think as an amateur. But has, yeah. has anything at all, uh, even just about the environment, has anything surprised you so far in this step up? Um, the first time I fought in the UFC cage, it, it was surprising. It was so much energy. It was, it was just so... You could feel the moment, and that was a little bit surprising. Um, 
but you have a choice. You can either embrace it or, or drown. So. so when you went into the cage in Detroit, you didn't feel that same kind of uh, pressure of the moment, even though, like, last time I think it was a Fox card you fight on. This one was the pay-per-view card. Well, actually, I, I, I was a little more nervous for this fight. Um, I think it was because I was just such a big favorite. And you got to win the fight you're supposed to win if you're going to continue to be who who you are and who you think you are. How do you deal with the with those nerves? Is it about like trying to empty your mind? Is it about, you know, dwelling on it? Do you not try to dwell on it? Like how do you how did you deal with it? Cuz you've dealt with it, you know, successfully. However you felt, you've been able to to operate well despite that. Like what's the key for you would you say mentally? Um you have all those emotions coming up to the fight and you know like you were saying it could it's hard to deal with at times, but for me, it's just letting go of the moment, like letting go of all that doubt and whatever you have going on and just trusting your training, trusting all the hard work you've put in, trusting that uh, you've done all the right things for the universe to uh, reciprocate. So two fights into the UFC, less than total five minutes of fight time so far. Uh, when when you you get the win so uh, quickly and you're fighting earlier on the night, what do you do the rest of the night? Do you just kind of hang out and watch the fights, kind of witness everything going on backstage? Do you try to get a good seat? Um, yeah, so we finish the fights and then you got, you know, the media to talk to. You have to take pictures, go to the doctors, do all that stuff. Take a shower and then uh, go to the green room, eat some awesome food that they have for us. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, have some ice cream and enjoy the fights a bit on the TVs. Um, and then either you, you could stay there for all the fights backstage because they don't let us go to the arena. Uh, either stay backstage or you could leave, go to your hotel and go to a bar or wherever. What did you do? Stay and watch them all? Uh, I watched most of them and then I left and then went to uh, uh, Mike's Pizza, which is right outside the arena. It's like a bar pizza place. And we watched the rest of the fights there and, I had a good time. Do you walk in and everybody's like, "Hey, we just saw you fighting." A little yeah, while ago. it was it was pretty. Cool. It was really cool. It was really cool um, to have a bunch of fans coming up and signing autographs, getting free pizza from the from the staff. It was pretty cool. <laughs> was that kind of a new experience? Uh, you know, your two fights in the UFC and you fought in LFA, which is not necessarily a small organization by any means. But was that kind of a new experience for you to get so much attention? Yeah, I mean, every every. every time i'm around the ufc it's a new experience for me it's a a, a new opportunity to, to grow my brand and meet new people and and just be out there interacting with people it's it's really cool and when you were uh you get the submission win you're backstage you're at mike's pizza you're kind of waiting to see what happens are you thinking man I, i'm gonna get that performance of the night bonus and then you just kind of watch all these incredible fights unfold and then you, you start to wonder if it's gonna slip away yeah, I was like, dude, I have the only submission. You, you got to give me something. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, they, they used to do submission of the night, knockout of the night, but now it's more it's more general. Just yeah. performance. I mean, I, I, I totally respect, you know, that those guys got it. I mean, those fights are amazing. Yeah. Well, that, I can but, imagine. you know, I mean, I was the only submission, so. <laughs> a little something. I mean, if I got a submission in the first round and I was enjoying some pizza, I'd be thinking about what I was going to get with that 50K, like a new car. Every every fight we were watching, like the Paul Felder Oliveira fight, we're like, no, no, don't finish. 
uh, it was a lot of fun because it, it was, you know, you have something kind of to root for. You want everybody to do well, but I was rooting for them to finish each other or go to decision. <laughs> rooting for boring fights. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, fans. I want this all to, these all to go to decisions and throw in a couple Well, I was, like, it, I was like, I'm cool if they knock each other out. Go for it, guys. <laughs> well, Just don't choke each other. That's right. You're fighting in the light heavyweight division, which kind of is in a weird state. It, I don't want to say it seems like a thin division, but it seems like there's uh, a little bit of chaos and there's some potential for some quick movement up the rankings. Do you kind of, uh, is that in the back of your mind? Is that something you're thinking about? Yeah, I mean, the the goal at the end of the day is to be number one. Um, but right now, um, I'm not really thinking about it as much. I'm thinking about what we're going to do next, who we're going to fight next, and... Uh, Winning is going to move us up the rankings no matter what. So that's what we got to do. Are you wanting to fight again quickly since you haven't really sustained any or much damage <laughs> in your UFC career? Um, I'm thinking around March probably I'll be back in there. I, I got to look at the cards and see what uh, what cards are where and who's available to fight. Do you do you cut weight to to at all? Like do you like cut out water at all in the, in the days to, to hit 205? You're a tall guy. I'm just curious. Yeah, I cut water the last week. Would you would you would you say that like it's it's a it's a pretty decent cut? Like if it wasn't the UFC, would you would you be fighting at heavyweight? No, no. I, I would always late light heavyweight. Mm. Yeah, it's always been uh, light heavyweight. I've always kind of been conscious of that and stayed close. Do you how much like the size and your height is you know that's a physical attribute that gives you an advantage. How much of of your of your um how much do you think your your age your your relatively young age is an advantage as you as you look to to climb the rankings the the very best fighters in the division um are pretty much all significantly older than you the champion daniel cormier is is older than, than most mm -hmm. fighters in the ufc like how much of an advantage do you do you think your 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 age is maybe not i mean maybe in the immediate like, maybe oh, not immediately yeah. yeah yeah but like in just in terms of like plotting out a career trajectory and like playing the long game oh yeah i mean because i'm i'm totally playing the long game here um so it's it's only a matter of time kind of thing that's how i feel about it it's they're at the they're the rest of the division is getting in their mid-30s you know and that's i feel like your mid-30s when your body starts to kind of betray you in a sense where you want to do things mentally but it's not exactly happening at the speed you're used to the connections are kind of wearing a little bit so that being said i'm still 27 turning 28 at the end of the month but i'm and just entering that that prime of like 28 to like 32 when everything's firing Wait. so oh go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> so you know, these guys are getting older. I'm only getting stronger. That's the way I see it. When did you first do? You, do you remember um, Dominic when you when you first started thinking in terms of that of like you know what? Not only everyone wants to you know everyone dreams of being a world champion of something they like, but when did you start thinking about it? When did you start having the confidence and the reference points and stuff you've you know been able to do to say you know what? No, I think. Not only do I hope and dream, but like I, I think this is if things go well, if I continue to do what I should, if I improve the way I should, I think one day I, I can become the world champion. Like when did that happen for you, would you say mentally? Oh, uh, that happened before I started fighting, even. Huh. 
when I was watching fighting, and I was looking at John Jones fight and the top the top guys fighting Gustafson, and I was like, you know what, I'm more athletic than these guys. I'm I'm naturally gifted. Um, I have the 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 physical attributes to compete with these guys. Now it's just up to me to put it together and really devote devote myself to this. And if I do it right, then I could be up there within X amount of years and I'm actually hitting those targets. So you mentioned John Jones, a big name, you know, have you kind of run into some of those big names in the UFC and is there, you know, you mentioned the nerves in your UFC debut. Is there kind of like the, the shock of meeting somebody that you looked up to or you've watched their fights a lot? Yeah. This whole, the whole time at 218 was freaking, I felt like a fanboy inside. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was crazy. Like, I was cutting weight uh, next to Yancey and Max. You know, that that was cool. Like, the, one of the coolest things. You know, running on the treadmill with Cejudo and Gaethje. And it, it was it was really cool meeting the guys. Everybody's really, really nice. And it was just... It, it kind of, like, made me... I Like, I want to be known, known like that, you know? I imagine if you're cutting weight, the, the two Hawaiian guys are, are probably the most fun to be around. It's <laughs> not a very fun period of time. Uh, they seem yeah. to always be so upbeat. Oh, yeah. It, it, keeping it light, the room, it was great energy in the room. It was, it felt good. It was awesome. It, it, Laughing still. It was cool. And you mentioned that when you actually, I believe, came into the media room, Tyron Woodley was speaking and Kevin Lee was waiting and like <laughs> you were kind of in line behind that. Were, did you, were you watching that or there's TVs in there? Or were you just taking an opportunity to watch the fights or was it frustrating to have to wait? Oh, it wasn't frustrating at all. I was enjoying a, a cookie and a Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just hanging out. It was, it was just, for me, I enjoy the moments, the little moments. I don't stress out about too many things. Um, cause there's too many things that you can't control. So you, I can control myself. I can control you know, how I'm feeling. And if you just take a little perspective on things, you could really enjoy it. You probably knew that free pizza was coming later too. Oh yeah. <laughs> so have you seen a, there's a lot of the fighters have been getting in the mix with the, the Fox broadcast team. We've seen Paul Felder do it and Cormier, Rashad Evans, Bisping, Woodley. Mm -hmm. Is that something that would intrigue you? Absolutely. Yeah. One, one day I'd love to be on the desk, uh, analyzing fights and talking about the divisions and the futures and, the company in general. Can we get you to put your analyst hat on and kind of break down the Cormier Vulcan uh, light heavyweight title fight? <laughs> well, Vulcan's got a tremendous amount of power, it seems. And uh, he knocks guys out. He has pretty good striking. Um, his grappling is a kind of a question mark. I think uh, Cormier is going to be, he's going to overwhelm him with pressure. And if Vulcan doesn't land that knockout shot, he's, he might get frustrated. And then I think Cormier takes him down and wears him out. I, I agree. That's a good uh, assessment. You know, we've seen uh, DC fight guys with big power before, and he's been able to weather it. So, it Yeah, if fun. he doesn't knock him out, then I think it's going to – it might mess up his confidence a bit. Be like, I can't knock this guy out. What am I going to do? <laughs> now, he's, now he's grappling me, and he's in my face, and he won't stop. Yeah, I get. I, I was curious, just only because you mentioned that. Is, uh, and one last question for you: If you ever been in a situation similar to that, where you thought you'd be able to do something uh, a certain way or within a certain time, and then it didn't happen, and you kind of had that little like 
freak out moment? Like, how do you push through that as a fighter? Well, like we're in the moment you things are not going the way um, you, you, you thought they would when like expectations don't don't meet up and you have to rally or go a different direction. I mean, things it's not very often that things go your way. <laughs> so you have to be ready to adapt at all times with training. It, that's where you really get those moments in. You're getting shark tanked. You know, you got a new guy every minute and they're fresh and say they take you down or you hit them and you're like, man, that would have knocked you out. But then they're still in your chest <laughs> and you're, and you're getting pressured. And a, a lot of, of, uh, if you train like shark tanks and things like that, put yourself in situations that aren't very good. Then you never truly panic. It's interesting to hear you talk about things not going your way. Not that, not that, not that you've gotten <laughs> lucky breaks in your career, but if you look uh, at your, 13 pro and amateur fights uh, only two have gone out of the first round you have like a ronda rousey type resume of sub one yeah (laughs) so but that all comes from you know the amount of work i put in behind you know train hard fight easy that's that's always the motto no, well, Dominic, man, it's been really, uh, really great getting to chat with you, brother. We gotta, we gotta have you on again for certain. Yeah, um, guys, we'll look forward for, to continuing for to follow your career. Yeah, best of luck in the future. Talk Appreciate soon, it, guys. Man. Take care. Have, have a great, uh, great day and uh, enjoy. And happy, uh, happy birthday coming up at the end of the month. You oh, said, oh yeah, yeah, happy birthday, yeah, happy, happy birthday, man. <laughs> Hope you have a great one. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dom. I look forward to talking to you again. Awesome. Yeah. What a great guy. Yeah, we definitely got to have him on more. He's, he's uh, when he has his next fight, before he has his next fight in between, just to get him to chat with him more. I'd love to hear more just about his life. I actually don't know much biographical stuff. We should definitely have him on. Yeah, it, uh, you know, in this instance, we got to talk a lot about what happened, uh, the fight weekend, and uh, his big win. Um, continues to impress. Uh, two sub minute first round wins, eight and zero. You know the UFC loves those guys with the zero in the record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know the future is kind of his thing. And you know what I think's most impressive about him is that he doesn't seem interested in rushing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Smart. He's like, let's. It'll come. Like all I got to do is focus on winning the next one and winning the next one, and then it'll come. I don't need to expect it to be the next one. Uh, which you know is the right approach. It's hard for you to get frustrated if you don't kind of put those expectations yeah. or have those expectations yeah. but also you're not rushing yourself and you're allowing yourself to kind of progress it's a uh, you know that's a, he's definitely a guy to watch i mean you look at his uh if you look at his record you know his last win 29 seconds 50 well before ufc 218 29 seconds 53 seconds 27 seconds he's got a nine second knockout as an amateur um that's so crazy. you know that's that's faster than conor mcgregor knocked out jose aldo for those yeah, yeah that, right you know yeah, that's pretty but remarkable. But not faster than Jose Aldo knocked out Cub Swanson. That's true with the double knee. Ooh. Yeah. So, speaking, speaking of knees, Alvarez, Gaethje, oh, how brutal was gosh. that? That was, that, was, that was absolutely nasty. You got any, any, I, knew, I knew if someone was going to get stopped, it was going to be an ugly stoppage because those two guys, they're like, they're like dogs. They, they'll push themselves past. You know, they, they, don't have self, they don't appear to have self-reflection there or self-pity. They go until they can't go. Like, they won't stop short of that. They'll go to the very point of when they're stopped or when their body uh, won't let them. And so it takes a real brutal series of things ended by that knee from Alvarez to stop a guy like, like Gage. You've got to turn that guy off. He's not going to quit. Now, uh, before we wrap up the show, there's one bit of news. Mm. Or I guess it's two bits of news that are kind of tied together that yeah. broke. 
Uh, I don't know if you've seen this or if I'm, if I'm breaking it to you right now on the show. See. But I, let, let's, I figure we should talk about this uh, before the show wraps up. So the first shoe to drop, so to speak, was that uh, Ariel Hawani reported that the UFC was trying to book Robert Whitaker versus Luke Rockhold at UFC 221 in Perth. They really want Whitaker on that Perth card. Mm, uh, of course, should. it came out news last week that GSP has colitis. So he's not going to be able to compete anytime soon. Yeah. So it looks like they're just trying to move on forward. He wasn't going to fight Whitaker um, anyway. You know, colitis is – Dana White downplayed it, but it could be serious ha- having had similar issues. Yeah, um, no, sure. Dana White downplays it because he's disrespectful. He's, right. he's the one that said George St. Pierre has no fighting spirit or will. Well, and then George St. Pierre in an interview in Canada said that he doesn't know if the next time he competes is going to be at 185, which is going to infuriate Dana White. He's not going to fight Robert Whitaker. He's yeah. not going to fight anyone at 185 again. Why in the world would he do that? I, <laughs> There's somebody, no reason to do that. He beat the champion. I tweeted it out, this uh, gif of Penny from Big Bang Theory going, duh. <laughs> but I think everybody saw that coming. You know, Michael Bisping saw that coming. Right, right. Um, you know, he Tyron Woodley's been saying it for a while. He, yeah. Uh, you know, it was an opportunity for him to go up and get that belt in a second weight class. And he did it. Kind of not like you join that illustrious group of formerly three, now four, including you. Um, you know, so yeah. it's in, it'll be interesting now. But here's the thing. Do you <laughs> think he's done or you think he's going down to fight Woodley or you think he's going down to fight somebody in hopes that he can work his way into a Conor McGregor fight? Yeah, good question. Like, I don't know that Woodley's a good matchup for him. No, not at this point in his career. There's no need to fight Woodley either. Um, I mean, he, there's not to get the welterweight title back. For but like he's done it. He's a two-time yeah. champion. He has a record Three at time, well two at welterweight. Yeah, two yeah at welterweight. Yeah, and he has a record at welterweight that no one may ever touch. No one's close to touching. You so, mean the nine title defenses? Nine title defenses, two-time champion, the people he's beaten. Woodley's at three or four, three? Yeah, we'll see if he can get to – I mean, he's, that's like, he's in another universe where we've been touching the, the amount of title defenses. To I mean, say nothing of losing and getting it back. In today's uh, – w- with Ioana losing, he might ha- – who's got a longer title yeah. defense streak than Tyron Woodley right now? Yeah. Oh, I'm not making light of what Tyron has accomplished. I'm just saying to get to the point of title defenses like guys like St. Pierre Anderson Silva had, it's just – there's a reason those numbers are, 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 are so are so rare. It's just very hard to do. So he you know, there, he can't possibly really improve significantly his legacy at welterweight. And if he comes back and beats a current champion, fine, there's always gonna be a new guy. Same he can't really do anything at middleweight at this point. He became middleweight champion. He's gonna increase his legacy by fighting the number one contender. I mean, he's just taking on he's taking on risk by fighting more dangerous guys that are larger. I, I don't know what he's gonna do. I wouldn't be surprised. If George doesn't know what's next yet either, uh, I don't think he needed to do this fight. He did it. I think he has plenty of time. He, he's already proven not just that he can win the, the, that fight at middleweight. He's proven that he can get his way in terms of booking fights. Dana White's bluster aside, well, ne- the, the Bisping fight's dead. St. Pierre won't be fighting again. I'll, he just proved that that's nonsense. St. Pierre will fight when he wants to fight, who he wants to fight. If I had to guess, my guess stays the same. The plan was to beat Bisping and then to fight Conor McGregor. I don't think to fight Conor McGregor at welterweight. I think they would fight if McGregor comes back. I think he would like to fight McGregor at the, for the lightweight championship. That's my. T- I, I still believe. You that. think he's going to go from one eighty five to one fifty five? He's going to go from being, he's going to go from one seventy to one fifty five. He he wasn't even big for middleweight. Yeah, that was the plan. I mean, they've dropped these clues for years. For years, they've been very consistent in saying that George can fight at lightweight. When they were saying talking about coming back, Farasa Hobby was dropping those again. 
he could fight at lightweight. He's really, he's really small. We can get down to lightweight. He kept on saying And then they started miraculously talking about Conor McGregor. They're looking for history and he, good matchups. And Michael Bisbee and Conor McGregor he should use, are those matchups. He should use if he has the leverage with Dana White, yeah. which Dana White would like you to not believe that he does. Dana White's not in control but of the UFC, so it doesn't matter. Th- with all the talk about the 165 and moving 170, 175, like 165, inaugural title. Sure. McGregor, St. Pierre. Sure. Both trying to become the first man to win three titles. No, that would be that would be. I'm just cool. telling you that sells a lot of pay per views. It does, it does. I, I it definitely does. Um, right, what more storylines do you need? It would be great. I think he can make 155. I think he's always said he can make 155, and his coach has always said he can make 155. And they clearly are dropping clues that they're open to a Conor McGregor fight, and it's the biggest fight in MMA history. So I don't see why they wouldn't go for it if McGregor comes back. They said they'll fight McGregor. They said they can make 155. It's the biggest money fight. I'm not sure what would stand in the way, really. Poor Tony Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Poor, poor everyone at middleweight. Michael Bisbee gets screwed over by fighting everyone but the number one contenders. Poor, poor Ferguson. At least we're getting the Whitaker Rockhold fight. That's, yeah, no, that's a great that's fight. A fight. That's a, that's a really good fight. That that's a legitimate. Oh well, fight, you we're know? not getting it yet. Yeah, I hope so. At I, least I think that's we're great. potentially getting it. That'd be great, and hopefully, then whoever wins that could at some point be considered the. You know, the legit uh, champion. No, it'd be great. But, yeah, no, it sucks for Khabib. sucks for Tony. It really does. I'm not advocating for this. Hell, Nate Diaz is, a, you know, as I think, two wins over the current lightweight champion, if you consider uh, Conor McGregor the current lightweight champion, and I, and I still do. So, so many people backed up and screwed over. But just saying, I'll sti- I'm sticking with it. Uh, jo- and I'll never, maybe I'll never be proven correct. But George and them would be gladly love a lightweight title shot against Conor McGregor. <laughs> they would love it, and they would make weight, I think. And I think the fans would love it. I think people would eat it up. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for everyone who tuned in to watch uh, on the Facebook live stream. We stream live on Facebook every week at 3 p.m. on the Sports Illustrated Meditation. at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, 12 on the West Coast. Uh, or you can listen on iTunes, tune in. App, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, Google Play, or you can watch on YouTube. We'll upload it to YouTube. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another episode. We will see you next week.